0: Top live. Hey everybody, this is Stefan Gonick for the live Q and A call for the Finding Love You Want Breakthrough Program. Um, actually I actually really love these Q and A calls because I really like uh, answering people's questions about finding love and working with the program and stuff like that. So I really love being with you guys and doing this. So a couple points. For those of you who are um, on the call on the phone, if you would like to talk to me, well, first I'm going to mute everybody. Okay, And if you would like to talk to me, what you're going to do is you're going to press star 8, and that's going to raise your hand, letting me know that you want to talk. And then when I click on your name, you'll hear a little voice that says, you are now unmuted. And as soon as you hear that voice, that means you're the one who I selected, and you can just go ahead and start talking, and and I'll, we'll all be able to hear you. Um, for those of you who are listening online rather than using a phone, uh, you can type in chat messages. And I see some a couple people just got on. Since I already gave these instructions once, but I'll do one more time. There's um, an odd bug in the system where the little chat box where you can type a message um, is a scrollable box, but if you keep typing uh, past the point where, I mean where, to the point where it starts scrolling, um, it actually cuts off the message right there. So I won't see anything you type in the, you know, when you go past the scroll point. So you get about four lines of text and then it's going to start scrolling. So don't go beyond the four lines of text. If you need to type a longer message, just submit that message and type some more and keep submitting until you're done. Yeah, you know, sort of in little chunks, four-line chunks. Um, that way I'll be able to read it all, otherwise it'll get cut off. So anyway, we have people live on the call, and I have emails that were sent in to me in the past week that I'll be answering on the call. Now, if you are someone who emailed me the question and you're live on the call on the phone, I would actually prefer to, for you to ask the question on the phone and for me to answer you directly so we can have a nice back and forth about it. One of the one of the best advantages of being on the phone is it's not simply a one-way thing where I'm just reading a question and answering it. Because sometimes people don't give me enough background information to give a really good answer. So I just kind of answer with what I got. Um, but if you're here live on the phone, then we can discuss it. And we can go back and forth a bit and I can ask some questions to clarify the back, your background and, and give you an even better answer, which would be good. So... Like I say, for those of you who are on the phone with me, if you emailed your question to me in advance, please raise your hand now so you know, we can go over the question together so it's not a one-way thing. And in order to do that, just press star 8. And for you people on chat, uh, just chat, type in your messages at any time you want, and I'll respond and I won't respond with chat. I will respond verbally. So I'll read what you said to the group and then I'll answer it verbally. All right, cool. So we have somebody who is um, raising their hand here. So you can go ahead and start talking.
1: Hi, Stefan. This is Janet. I emailed you. Um, I've been going through the program and feeling really good about things. And about three weeks ago, I met a gentleman online and we talked, and he seemed to be, yeah. You know, pretty much everything on my potential list. And we you know, we talked two days in a row for an hour and a half each day. Everything seemed wonderful and stuff. And the last thing he said to me was, um, I will call you. And right. it's been three weeks and I haven't heard a word from him.
0: Right, right. So, good. I'm really glad that you're on the phone here with me. So this is a common experience with uh, Internet dating. And it's one of the sort of trials and pitfalls of internet dating, and that is that that kind of thing can happen because what what goes on with internet dating, and I, I did it for years myself, is you're interacting with multiple people. So, um, and people are not necessarily the most considerate and communicative to let you know what's going on. So if this guy was interacting with you plus you know a few other women, and he's arranging dates with everybody, and is at different stages of the process of getting to know different people. What may have happened is that he met somebody, uh, you know, in person on a date and really hit it off, and just sort of dropped all contact with anybody else he was interacting with. Okay. So, um, like I say, that's a common occurrence on dating sites. That's happened. That happened to me lots of times. Or you know, I'd be. Of course, I was also interacting with more than one person. But I'd be interacting with somebody and thinking, oh, this seems pretty promising. And then all of a sudden, boom, they disappear. So that could be the reason. And that's the most common reason that you've had that experience. Now, if that keeps happening over and over again, you know, that's when you start getting worried. Like, okay, what's going on for me that I keep having this experience? Because if it happens, you know, multiple times in a row, then now I'm going to start looking at myself. Is This my pattern.
1: Well, and and I did, I've met a couple of them in person and then uh-huh. the same thing. They just don't say anything to, we seem to like each other when we're interacting and then as soon as they're away from me, it's like, so is there something in me, my biggest fear is that there's something hidden or something that I can't find that I'm not able to fix. Right. Okay.
0: So this is why it's great that we're on the phone together because if I had just answered your, your question um, from the email you sent me, then I would have missed that part, so I wouldn't be able to respond to that. I'm kind of saying that for everybody else's benefit because it's, it's so uh, helpful to have people live on the call so we can discuss questions. So if this hit, it seems to be happening a lot, um, in particular when, if it happens after you meet somebody in person, then you're right. There, is, there may be something going on for you still. Now, of course, you're early in the program, right? You just started a few weeks ago?
1: Mm, actually, I finished the program a few weeks ago. Oh, you finished uh, the program. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so doing the program, you know, when you do the six-week program, it's going to give you uh, a you know, a know good uh, big boost you know, to clearing these blocks, but you won't necessarily have cleared them all in six weeks. So it's it's going to, you know, it helps you clear some of the negative attraction stuff, some of the fears and limiting beliefs, helps you with the law of attraction. But typically people have to continue that process after the six weeks. You're not necessarily done that fast. So one of the things we do is we, um, you know, do as much as you can in the program, and then you see where you're at. And it's not uncommon to discover that, okay, there's, and there's more to do here, this stuff that I've been missing. So how does it feel, How does it feel, for instance, when you're on a date with some of these
1: people, that, where that happens? Well, I, sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's like I don't want to see this person anymore.
0: Um, but in the cases where you like the person and you would have liked to have continued, what was it like being on that date?
1: It was, it, it was actually exciting um, right, okay. and hope, you know, I was like, okay, I really like this guy. Maybe I've met somebody that I can I can go out with and maybe I've worked through, you know, I'm hoping i have work through all these issues and, and I'm finally finding the right kind of people.
0: Okay, so are you, is the first thing you're noticing that the – well, let me ask this as a question. Is it your experience that the kinds of guys that you're interacting with and going on dates with are of higher quality than what you used to do, yes, okay, so in that sense, the program has already helped a lot in that it's, it's you're experiencing a big shift in your dating life in the sense that like I just said, right the quality of the people you're you're dating is significantly better, right okay. so that's the good news now, if you are you know getting together with people who are significantly better, higher quality guys. And you're going on dates and you're feeling excited, which is good. And then they're not wanting to continue beyond, is it like just after one date they don't call you back? Right.
1: Okay. So what, what it mean? A of times. Sorry, say that again. That's only happened a couple of times. But I have. that's only a couple of times I've been out on a date.
0: Right. Okay. Um, so you've had a couple in-person dates with, that you would have liked to have continued and you had a... Um, a thing where you hadn't quite gotten to the date point but you're wanting it to continue so you have three right. times now that you wanted it to continue and the person disappeared right okay so um, the 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 non-date one like I say is very hard to know what happened there and um, it may be part of the pattern or it may simply be what I said before that people just do tend to disappear on dating sites um, any one of them could be that. If it's happened three times in a row, though, that does suggest there's something going on for you. So the thing to figure out here, and you know, I don't know what it is, so all I can do is help you try and explore it so you can get in touch with what it is. What that implies or suggests is that even though you're feeling excited about the person and you're feeling like, wow, this person is, you know, got a lot of the things I'm looking for and it's much better than what I did before, there may be a part of you that is doubting that they would be interested in you. So it's okay. kinda like I'm I'm moving in the right direction. I'm I'm you know, I'm attracting the right kind of guys, or like closer at least to what I want. But if there's a part of you that is struggling with the other side, which is, you know, feeling insecure that they might be interested in you or um, insecure about, or, or you know, fears or, or, you know, beliefs about whether or not this kind of thing is really possible for you, that could impact you. I mean, do you, what do you notice when you're in the date? Do you notice that you're, do you feel pretty calm? Do you feel a little, you know, anxious in addition to being
1: excited? I'm kind of I'm feeling nervous. am feel nervous, a little- a little, I had a little nervous
0: energy. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So it's hard to know. I mean, it's natural to feel some nervousness, of course. Um, the question is, is it impacting your behavior in a way that is um, ends up being sort of putting off the guy you're on a date with?
1: Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't think so. Okay. We um, really engaged in conversation. Neither one of us dominated the conversation. I mean, we laughed and seemed to kind of relax. And, you know, I thought it was going fine. And then nothing. And then one guy, I finally asked him, you know, I said, obviously you, you didn't call me back, so I guess I'm assuming that you didn't want to continue. And he goes, well, you know, I thought he said, all these nice things about me and he said i thought long and hard about it but there's just something missing and he said it wouldn't be fair to either one of us to continue okay Mm
0: -hmm. um well so it would be nice if you could have named it but there may so it sounds like there may be something going on there um and it's just it's it is very hard to tell uh it's great that you asked him. Uh I would go I would encourage you to ask the other person too. And and just point it out to him that it's like, you know, I'm uh, you know, I was interested in continuing, apparently you're not, and that's okay. Um, I would love to get some feedback. Okay. To help me with my dating life. You know, it'd be nice if you know, if you're willing. If you're not, you're not. Um, you know, don't be afraid to be honest with me because if there's something I'm doing that's sort of sabotaging my efforts, I'd really like to know and see what you know. See if the guy's willing to do that. Okay. Uh, it's it's tricky. These things can be subtle. You know, it's it's kind of like these. If there was somebody with a hidden camera filming the date, and you rewatch the date, you could probably spot it yourself. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, it's it's it'd be, it's probably much more obvious from the outside. Uh, when you do. Uh, the you know the exercise we do in the program where you imagine your ideal partner standing in front of you with a big mm-hmm. smile on his face and his arms wide open. Have you done that exercise since you finished the program
1: and noticed? No, not no. I haven't done that piece of it in the last couple of weeks. Is that in um, the sixth session? Uh-huh. Okay. I do the end part with the, the, the um, Law of Attraction stuff, so I'll go back and do Lesson 6 again.
0: Okay. Well, I would encourage you to do that exercise again, because that's okay. what's going to help you uncover what's remaining. And okay. in fact, I, I've come up with uh, two more variations of that same exercise. So the original variation is to simply uh, think about you know the qualities that you're wanting, your ideal partner, and then imagine that your ideal partner is standing a few feet in front of you with a big smile on his face and his arms wide open. And then you just notice your reaction, your emotional reaction. What are your your feelings and what are your thoughts? And at this point, since you've done the program, if there's anything left, you'll probably have mixed feelings. The part of you will be excited, and there's a part of you that may still have some negative reactions. And you want to see if you can get in touch with those because that's going to help determine what's left. I encourage everybody to keep repeating that one every couple of weeks. Because as you clear, you want to find out what's left. And sometimes what I've noticed just working one-on-one with people is the first time they do that exercise, they get in touch with, let's say, 10, 10 fears and limiting beliefs. And then let's say they actually clear all 10 of them. And they might think they're done at that point, but working one-on-one, you know, I, at that point I'll usually say, well, let's just try the exercise again. And what often happens Is that another one or two will show up that didn't show up the first time? Mainly because the other ones, you know, it's hard hard to always get in touch with all of them in one sitting. The other one and the other ones might have covered them over. So just repeating that exercise is really helpful um, uh, to do periodically to see what shows up. Now there's two more variations that exercise I've come up with just recently. One of them is to so the first one is, is essentially your reaction to meeting your ideal partner. The second scenario is you imagine this ideal partner has just proposed to you, and see what your emotional reaction is to that. And um, I find that that variation often uncovers things that's missed by the the, original, the first variation. And then the third one, so you know, so you're going to do that one. Write down whatever comes up, and then the third variation is to imagine you've been together 10 years. So you've now married this ideal partner and you've been together 10 years and imagine what comes up around that. So sometimes these second two can you know bring up fears and commit fears around commitment, it can bring up fears that are sort of related to that about being trapped or losing oneself. I and mean, there's a bunch of things that can come up in those two scenarios that don't necessarily come up in the first one this would be a way to uncover any remaining fears and limiting beliefs you have. Okay. And next time you go on a date, see if you can notice what's happening for you during the date. You know, if you're nervous, does the nervousness show up in a particular way? And of course, you can also, you know, do a bunch of tapping right before the date to help release that nervousness. Okay. All right. Yeah, and just, and then check back in. You know, do the exercise that I said and see if there's anything comes up and and, uh, uh, you know, check back in with me and maybe in the next uh, Q&A call and stuff and see where things are at.
1: All righty.
0: We will get you there.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right.
0: I and mean, the big thing is that, you know, the, once we really truly clear all of our fears and limiting beliefs, things happen very naturally. So if things are still sticky, like kind of what you're experiencing, that tends to point to there being some fears and limiting beliefs that you haven't addressed yet.
1: Okay. All
0: right. All right, so thanks for uh, being on the call live to answer your question. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you have any other questions uh, towards the end, if nobody else is asking anything, you know, feel free to to chime in again. Right. All right. Take care. Okay, so um, we have other people who are on the phone. Press star 8 if you'd like to ask your question and chat people, you know, just type in your chat messages. And I've got a couple more questions that were emailed to me. And I'll go ahead and answer one of them uh, to uh, give the other people on the phone a a chance to think about their question. Press star 8 to talk to me. All right, so here's a question. My question for the Q and A session is: I don't feel quote afraid when I meet the right person. I feel totally bored. And the guy wants a relationship. I want a challenge. I perceive a guy who wants a relationship to be beneath me. Will this will this change? Do you think? All right. So, you know, as this person who's answering the uh, who's asking the question recognizes, is that that this person is in a catch twenty two situation. So when I, you know. I don't feel afraid when I meet the right person. I feel bored. And if a guy wants a relationship with me, um, that doesn't work because I want a challenge. And I also perceive a guy who wants a relationship to be beneath me. So obviously this is kind of self-defeating, as the a, as a person who asked the question, I'm sure, is aware. So what could be going on here? Um, you know, for, she said if the right person, I haven't noticed a woman, if, if the right person comes along... Um, I feel bored rather than afraid. Well, boredom or any kind of distancing reaction is a form of self-protection. Okay, so there, even if the per, you're, you know, even if you're not consciously feeling afraid, there could still be fears going on that you protect yourself from by feeling bored. Okay, so, just because you're not consciously feeling afraid, the fact that you're feeling bored with the right guy, assuming he really is the right guy, um, means that there's still fears going on. Actually, I just thought there's, there's, there's two possibilities here. So, again, I'm, you know, this person is not on the phone with me, so I can't ask any more questions. But there's actually two big causes for feeling bored. One of them is what the I just said it's a form of self protection from the fear that's going on deeper. So I'm protecting myself from feeling afraid by maintaining distance by being bored. The other option, though, actually, is uh, the, you know if we think of the three blocks, the first block is being powerfully attracted to the wrong people. So if you think of that first block, as I said a different number of different times, while that pattern is still active, the wrong people, the people with the negative traits of our parents, will be the sexiest people on the planet for us. But the other corollary is that the right people, the right person, who you know, has everything we want but does not have that negative trait or those negative traits, um, there won't be uh, any chemistry. They, they won't be sexy to us. They'll feel, they will feel neutral. We will appreciate them mentally going, "Wow, that person has everything I'm looking for." But in our heart, we won't feel that chemistry of attraction. They won't be exciting to us. So as long as that negative attraction pattern is still very strongly present, we're never going to we're, we're going to well, never, no absolutes but we will tend not to feel chemistry, attraction, to people who are missing that trait. So that could be the reason why you're feeling bored with the right person, somebody who has everything you're looking for and not the negative traits. That's one possible answer to your question. Um, the beneath me thing, though, suggests to me that that the self-protection thing is going on, that you're when you say, I feel bored, I want to challenge, I, I view them as beneath me, There's something deeper going on there, would be my perception here. Um, Without talking to you further, it's it's hard to say uh, what that could be exactly. You're really just sort of sharing the symptom here. Um, And I'm just trying to imagine possible scenarios that would lead to that outcome. Uh, If you had a, a father or even a mother who was tended to be un- emotionally unavailable or a mixed bag where they were available sometimes and unavailable other times, uh, that would create a charge of you always running after them, trying to get their love and attention and them not being available or being you know, on and off available. On and off available would be a huge hook because that's actually a bigger hook of always striving to win their love and attention. Then they're never available. If it's never available, you'll you'll tend to be attracted to unavailable people. But um, there's a part of you that's as a child that sort of gave up because they were just never available, and it's uh it's not as strong a hook in terms of this challenge thing. You, know, you mentioned that you you want a challenge. Um, so that's a possibility. Somebody a parent who is sometimes available, sometimes not could lead to this pattern of needing this challenge of striving for their, to win them. And it, would also, it also could lead to this feeling of once I win them, I lose interest. You know, there's, I like the chase because the chase sort of triggers that old childhood experience of trying to win my parents' attention. And if I get them and now they're really into me, um, I'm going to lose interest because it's no longer fitting my pattern that pattern of trying to win my parents' love and attention. So, you know, obviously it's a self-defeating pattern because ideally we want our person, the other person to be in touch, uh, to be into us. So if if, if it's the case that as soon as they're really into you, you, you know, it makes you lose interest and get bored, clearly you need to address that. So this partially available parent, sometimes on, sometimes off kind of thing could be one thing that could cause that. But without talking to you, Um, it's hard to really know what's going on here. Um, so there's a person typing in a chat message who just said, that's a great answer to my question. I can't call in and I'm trying. Um, this is is amazing because just before the call, I got an email from my reference person. Unfortunately, I'm too excited. And then it got cut off there. That's four lines of text. So, um, the person who's texting me, uh, I didn't. There's nothing beyond. Unfortunately, I'm too excited. So, go ahead and type some more to finish up what you're saying. There got cut off. Uh, but I'm glad my, my answer is uh, answering your question. Oh, if you're the, actually the person who, t- who sent me the question, uh, I'm really sorry you're not able to call in successfully. Uh, I have noticed that some people, for whatever reason, have a hard time calling in. Other people are able to without any problems. Uh, But please do type some more. Uh, For those of you who are not sure what this person means by reference person, the reference person is somebody that you were attracted to before you started the program who fits your negative attraction pattern. And you want to measure on a scale of 0 to 10 how attracted you you are to that person from your gut, not your mind. Your mind knows the person is wrong. Um, Okay, the person just wrote again, I'm too excited, he's a bad boy, you can write a little longer than that, <laughs> you can write a few lines, say three lines and then keep going, but anyway, the reference person, uh, like I said, you, you measure how attracted to the person you are in your gut, and presumably it's a high number, uh, and then you keep rechecking your attraction to that person as you progress through the program. And when that, when your attraction to the person has gone to zero, starting, let's say, uh, starting a seven, eight, or nine, or ten, and they get all the way to zero, then that's a very good sign that you have probably uh, completely cleared your attraction to that kind of person. Okay, so this person's, uh, can, can, so this person who's chatting with me is the person who sent in the question, and she's saying that he's a bad boy. He partially rejected me before. He wants me only for sex, but it's all on his terms, and he's like my mother, abusive and controlling. It's only what he wants that counts. Okay, great, so I'm glad you're uh, on the call with me, even if you can only type in chat. So that really helps a lot. So only on his terms. So this and, and controlling, so that would, yes, controlling is another good example of conditional. Remember I said available sometimes and other times. That represents a form of conditional loving. And, oh, and he's also like my father, there for me sometimes but not all the time. Okay, so yes. So basically the thing I was guessing was more or less what you're dealing with. So basically all this means is that you haven't yet cleared out that negative attraction pattern and we have two things you need to address. Your father being there for you sometimes and not all the time which is basically the answer I first gave. Uh, he's a constant... Oh, she's also writing, this guy is a constant challenge because the chemistry is hot, but it's interfering with me meeting real men. So, yes. Um, one of the things that will slow down your progress in the program is if you're still in, involved with somebody who represents your negative attraction pattern. Until you break out of that, it's going to tend to bog you down. Um, It's life. You know, this happens and and it's understandable. And what I've seen over and over again, though, working one-on-one where I can really monitor this stuff closely is if I start working with somebody who's currently seeing somebody who represents their negative attraction pattern, it tends to slow their progress down a lot. So ideally, you would break up with this guy because I'm sure you recognize he's not a good guy for you. But if you're not able to do that, because it can be hard initially, then what you're going to really want to focus on uh, are the connections with your with your parents? You don't want to really focus on him directly. You want to focus on healing the wounds with your parents that are causing this negative attraction pattern you have. And once you heal those wounds enough with both your mother and your father, this guy is going to be much less appealing to you. He's not going to be hot anymore. He's not going to. The chemistry is going to fade away. So. You know, you are talked about how your mother was abusive and controlling. So you're going to want to heal some representative memories of your mother being abusive and controlling with you. And you're also going to heal some representative memories of your dad being there for you sometimes now, sometimes not. Um, once you clear those sufficiently, your attraction for him will completely disappear and you'll actually find him kind of repulsive. You know, the person just said, I'm not involved with him. I think of him, and now he's emailing me. So uh, the fact that he's emailing you and you're responding and it's, it's hooking you means that it's still a live connection with him, even if you're not you know, actively dating him. So I'm glad you're not actively dating him, but you're still thinking about him a lot, and he's emailing you, so he's still connecting with you. It's still hooking you. But just basically what it means is that you're in phase one of dealing with this negative attraction pattern thing and that really needs to be where your whole focus of your attention is. I wouldn't be focusing on your fears and be- limiting beliefs around being with your ideal partner. I'd be focusing all your energy right now on healing the wounds with your mother being abusive and controlling and your dad being there for you sometimes and sometimes not. And um, once you've done you know, three memories of each with each parent around those two things, uh, my guess is that you're, uh, well, assuming you're doing it successfully, your your attraction to this guy is going to go away and you're not going to, he's not going to be hot anymore for you. You're not going to be hooked by his emails, nothing. You're just going to tell him, look, I'm not interested in communicating with you anymore. So um, that will work. It, it's worked over and over again for, for countless people. So just stick to that. Focus on that, and it'll work for you, too. And you're welcome to ask me more questions if, you know, um, if we don't have any more from people who are on the call. All right, so here's another one. So remember, for those of you are on the phone, star eight to talk. And I really encourage you to do it. I won't bite you. <laughs> Nothing bad's going to happen. It's, it's a great opportunity to get your question answered, and especially with a nice back and forth so I can ask you questions to clarify things. So... Um, but anyway, here's uh, the last email question. Oh, the last comment was uh, great advice. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm very glad that was helpful. All right, so here's the last email question. All right, it says this. Well, after many years of being alone, I have found someone. With an exclamation mark. I'm getting to know him, and we have many similar values and share similar beliefs and things that are important to me. But, in capital letters... There hasn't been a big spark, and there still isn't yet. I have been hot and cold on it since the beginning, and because I'm now aware that it's likely self-sabotage, I've made myself stay and explore further instead of running away like I normally do. So first of all, congratulations on that. That's great that you're recognizing the self-sabotage and you're staying with it instead of running away like you normally do. So I really commend you for that. Um, I warm to him and feel really good when he does things that please me but I go cold and put my wall back up when he doesn't behave or respond in a way I would like. I know this is fear-driven. I'm scared there will always be something making me question whether he is the right one for me. I want to be able to accept him, accept him for who he is because I think we are, we are good for each other. He is good at talking about his feelings and is very loving, which is incredible and so rare these days. I don't want to throw this fish back, I'm afraid I will always find something to prove to myself he's not good enough for me a way of not letting him get close and hurt or hurt me. So that or hurt me, I think, is key right there. What you said about focusing in on the negative when we're scared is very true for me. Um, now, that, in case people don't know what I'm talking about, when we get scared, um, one of the ways we manage our fear is to create distance in our relationship by focusing on blemishes, things that are not right. You know, everybody's going to be, everybody's a mixed bag. Everybody's a package, right? There's going to be wonderful qualities about the person and there's going to be imperfections, you know, flaws in that person, just like there are in us. When we feel good about somebody, we will tend to put all of our attention on what's good about that person. When we are upset with them or when we are scared within ourselves, we will tend to do the opposite. We will focus, on their imperfections, their flaws, as a way of subconsciously creating distance um, to feel safe. That's called blemishing. Um, and it's just one of the ways that we, we do that. There's various other ways to do it, and other ways to start a fight. Another example. So what this person is saying, that, that focusing on the negative when we're scared is very true for her, and that was helpful. This knowledge has helped me not to run away when I don't like a certain trait, but I want to shift the way I think and feel about him as I know it's self-sabotage. Can I fall in love with all this going on? Okay, so the biggest clue, since I wasn't able to ask any background questions for you, was you said it's a way of not letting him get close or hurt me, or hurt me. So what I'm guessing is going on for you is that there's ways that you got hurt in the past and past relationships that are still very fearful to you. Um, and as long as that fear of getting hurt is strong, then you're going to do this blemishing thing to protect yourself, to maintain distance, because if we maintain distance, the this, this subconscious feeling is it won't be as, I won't get as hurt if he does something to hurt me, right? If I really open up my heart and get really close, then if he does something to hurt me, it's going to like stab me in the heart. It's going to be much more intense. But if I maintain my distance, then it won't hurt so much. Right? It, it'll, it's, that's, like I say, it's a self-protection thing. So um, what you want to do, the person who sent in this question, what you want to do is to get in touch with your fears of getting hurt again and get in touch with what some of the specific fears are around getting hurt and you know, write down 0 to 10 how intense these fears are and then start tackling them quickly, you know, As long as those fears are strongly present while you're seeing this guy, they're going to continue to sabotage your connection. It sounds like you found a really great guy. So um, I would really intensely focus on what these fears are around getting hurt again. You said about getting hurt, and I'm going to add the word again to that statement. And just, like I said, identify all these fears around getting hurt, tap the crap out of them, (laughs) clear them out as fast as you can, and see what effect it has on your relationship. Um, the only other possibility that came to mind as I was reading your question is kind of that thing that I said before is that if you haven't fully cleared out your negative attraction pattern, the fact that he doesn't have those negative traits, which I'm assuming is the case, will diminish your chemistry. As you as more thoroughly clear out that attraction pattern, that negative attraction pattern, being attracted to negative traits of your parents, um, your, attra- your chemistry for this guy will increase. So that's another thing to check. Have I fully cleared out my negative attraction pattern? Is my, do I still feel any attraction for my reference guy or reference woman? Um, if you still feel some attraction there, you're going to need to clear that completely in so as to be able to fully feel that nice chemistry attraction for somebody without those negative traits. So those are the two things to look at. Clear your fears of getting hurt and make sure you fully clear the negative attraction pattern. Um, so anyway, that completes the the last of my emailed questions. Um, so let's see, the chat person wrote a few more things while I was answering that question. Uh, she said, I have a lot of work still to do with a, with a frowning face. Um, yes, apparently you do. But the good news is that you can do it you know before you became aware of this stuff, you were just doomed to keep reliving it over and over again forever, you know basically, which is sadly what the the great majority of the population does. you know most people never become aware of this stuff and never address it, and they just kind of live it out for the rest of their lives. So the bad news is you still have a lot of work to do. The good news is is that you're aware of this stuff and you 're doing the work so you you can. Radically change your your love life. You know, really break out of that pattern and for, and change change your love life for the better. Um, so we still have uh, eighteen minutes left in this call. So again, for the people who are on the phone, star eight so you can talk to me live. And for the other people who are on chat, um, go ahead and type your chat messages. Including the person who's been chatting you're you're welcome so far, nobody else is you know asking more questions, so feel free to ask any more questions that you have uh, and I'll be happy to answer them, including the first person I already talked on the phone it's
1: uh, this is now open for everybody So star eight for you phone people ask
0: your question, to let me know you want to talk messages for the rest of the people online because otherwise we will end the call nobody's asking any more questions yeah I'd love to help you guys and it's so great when I can talk to you directly so I can get some background so I can give a better question all right we got another person all right you're on
2: um hello Stefan it's Sylvia. I'm very happy to be here on this call. Um, one of my strongest issues is uh, betrayal issues. So um, in spite of uh, working a little bit on that, well, a little bit more, I still have um, these um, projections of other women being hotter than me or more desirable. Uh-huh. Or I tend to be attracted to, to guys who don't give me full attention that they're also interested or are with other women. And um, other than tapping on the childhood memories and the um, hypothetical thing that one of my parents, cheated and the other, Uh, what else could I do or how should I do that tapping so it's more effective because um, I think it it hasn't totally disappeared and I still have done this.
0: Okay. So basically, just to answer that question more generally for everybody, if you've tapped on something and it's still present, that means that, you know, you haven't, uh, tapped on it enough to clear it yet, it just means you know there's more to clear um, and there can be one of two reasons for that: one is that you when you tapped on the original memories around betrayal uh, you didn't tap them to completion so the memory like if so what that would mean is that if you were to revisit one of those memories that you already tapped on and you relive the memory, it's likely that there's still emotional charge left, that you didn't fully heal that memory. That's one option.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask you more questions in a minute, but I just want to start by giving a general answer to people. Because it can happen that you, know, you think you've addressed it, and yet it's still present. It's like, okay, what's, going, what's wrong, and how do we fix that? So one of the things is that when you worked on the original memories, you didn't fully heal them. And we don't always heal them the first time we address a memory. Um, even when we think we have. It's always important when you, when you work on a memory that you think you've healed to revisit that memory a week later and relive it and try and get upset about that memory. And if you're able, if you're, if you're able to get upset about that memory, that means you didn't fully heal the first time through and you, and you want to do it again. Okay. If, you, if you have truly healed a memory, you could try your hardest to get upset about that memory and nothing will work. You'll ne- you won't feel anything because
2: you've mm-hmm.
0: really healed it. So one possibility is the childhood memories you've been working on still need more healing. And mm-hmm. that's easy to figure out. You just, just relive the memories and try and get upset about them. And if you get upset, then, then you know that, okay, they're not done yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other possibility yeah. is yeah. that there's some more betrayal experiences you had older that still need to be addressed. Because we have two kinds of memories, we have memories that create an issue, and we have memories that reinforce an issue. Right? The childhood ones create it; the adult ones tend to reinforce it. Where it goes, it's kind of like telling our psyche, "See, it's right to be afraid of that. See, it just happened again. There you go, it happened again. So it's it's it makes sense for me to be afraid of this happening, right? And so sometimes we have to clear those as well, the adult ones. Okay. So, did I d- you
2: mm-hmm.
0: no, go ahead? You're you going to say something. Um.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to say that I I didn't uh, tap on the later ones, and uh, yeah, I have a history filled with uh, betrayals, so I should be doing also the more recent ones.
0: Yeah, the worst ones in particular, the ones that were the most painful. I would definitely want to tap on those mm-hmm. as well. But do check on your childhood um, ones. And
2: in the childhood, I don't quite remember, so I just figured after watching your video about betrayal that um, I just thought that it's it's very likely that my father cheated on my mom, especially that he was so much on the road, so I tapped on that, but I, I wasn't really emotionally um, present there because I have no evidence that this really happened, so but uh, since I have so, so many jealousy issues and betrayal issues, I guess it was something like that.
0: Yeah, the fact that, okay, so yeah, sometimes we have to do detective work. If you have a lot of jealousy issues, the jealousy, we can have jealousy issues without somebody ever betraying us, right? It comes from a fear of not being good enough, which is you also described. You're afraid that other women will be more attractive than you, and things like that. Mm. That suggests that you had a parent who was who was um, kind of emotionally unavailable, and I'm guessing that was your dad. Was that the
2: case? Uh, I think both, because uh, my dad was um, was sometimes distant and uh, traveling a lot. And my mom herself, uh, she was clinically depressed for a few years, and you couldn't talk to her at all. She would only scream for no reason. So I think it's both. Both of my parents had a little bit of unavailability in, in different points.
0: And were either the of critical?
2: I didn't understand. Can you repeat?
0: Yeah, were either of your parents critical of you?
2: uh yes yes both both okay. the same degree of criticism
0: have you done a lot of healing on them being of them criticizing you
2: yes and i i felt especially connected to the second week's tapping session the ab- ability to say no i really cried hard <laughs> at that okay. and that the uh, unavailable mother Both both sessions really triggered me, so I figured that these were my sensitive points.
0: Yeah, that's a good sign. If a session really triggers you, that that means yes, very much focus on that topic. Um, I'm not sure that you've addressed the being criticized one, because when we get criticized a lot growing up, our reaction to being criticized is that it makes us feel not good enough, makes us feel less than um, Mm -hmm. others. And that's one of the things that will make you uh, feel insecure and jealous. Um, and it'll also make you attracted to people who will agree that you're not good enough, right? Our, the world reflects our, our beliefs about ourselves. So if we believe we're not good enough, we're going to be attracted to people who will reflect that back to us, go, "Yeah, you're not good enough." If we believe we are good enough, then they'll reflect back, that back to us, like, "Yeah, you're good enough." See what I mean? So it sounds like yeah. you need to work more on being criticized. And being yelled mm-hmm. at is very, very much critical energy. But if you work on the being criticized and stand up to that in the way, you know, we do in the, in, in the sessions, that's going to help with your jealousy. Um, but in terms of, so, so, you know, there's the source of why you, you, you got attracted to that kind of situation of being betrayed. Um, the the challenge is like you said you're you're assuming your dad cheated and I'm and I'm guessing that you're right. I'm guessing that he did. Um and it, it sounds like you've had relationships where your partners cheated on you.
2: Yes, Yeah, so I I fell in love with people who were already in relationships and uh, I just I felt insanely attracted to getting involved
0: and uh, breaking them apart. (laughs) Yeah, so being attracted to people who are unavailable comes from unavailable parents. So that that needs to be fully addressed. Being attracted to people Mm -hmm. who feed on you, um, that does suggest the thing with your dad. And the trick is to, the challenge is is to feel the emotions. But um, mm-hmm. so the, the, the way to do that is to create a scenario in your in your imagination that uh, everybody found out that he did cheat. Just kind of imagine it happening, even though it never did. But it, you need to mm-hmm. bring the cheating out into open so that you can actually feel it consciously rather than it being this mm-hmm. subtle unconscious thing. If you can imagine it coming out into open and then you have an emotional reaction to that, that will give you the opportunity to do some healing on it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, actually, as an adult, after, in my 20s, I, I'm still in my 20s, but in my early 20s, I, uh, my father left his uh, email account open and his messenger, and I, I read a conversation with a woman, so I knew that he was... Uh, talking online to other women, but that that wasn't my childhood. So I assume that it could have been that he did a lot more when I was a child as well. But right. when I when I read that on his email I had no reaction as if I blocked this memory from my mind because I thought that my father was, was perfect and I could never accept that that this actually happened. So no sounds- emotions.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you numbed out. Because most people yeah. would, would have some kind of reaction. You know, they might be pissed at him. They might be scared. They might be hurt. They might feel bad for mom, at least. I mean, some, something. There'd be some kind of emotional reaction. So the fact that you feel nothing is very suggestive of, of what you were just saying, that it did happen and you blocked it out. Um, Nobody way to know for sure, but um, I, mean, I was kind of muscle testing to see if it's, felt right and it feels right to me. I can't promise that it really is true. But I think it's probably, given that he's doing it now, people tend to kind of be the way they are. So if he's doing it now, he probably did do it when you were young. So it makes it highly, highly likely that he did cheat when you were a child. And like I say, we can subtly, psychically feel that. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So I think the best approach is just to imagine that he did it. Just to, you know, mm-hmm. know, imagine the scenario that you found out that it came out in the open, and get you need to get in touch with the feelings around it and to heal it. And you know, if you try as hard as you can and you're not able to do this on your own, you know, I'm available to everybody for to supplement the program with one-on-one sessions, and we can you know we can okay. do it together. And I'm sure I could lead you into that. So if you want, that would be
2: really great. Yeah,
0: so I'm very happy to help with that. All right.
2: OK. Thanks for your answer.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay. So uh, the other person who was chatting uh, added some more stuff. She wrote I met a great guy last night. What's off putting is that he has a house too far away. This is a silly reason not to get involved. He's very nice and wants to settle down. I'm worried he is a player, but he says he's matured. OK, so that was a little non sequitur there. Um, so if you're worried that he's a player and you have challenged him on that and he says he's matured, which I guess implies that he used to be and he's claiming he's not anymore, my guess is that uh, he might be another person who fits your negative attraction pattern. So in your case, I would not really try and do too much dating at this moment until you have more fully cleared... Um, your negative attraction pattern. And, you know, you've got this reference guy, I don't know what his name is, but the one we, you were talking about before, who you said uh, he's a constant challenge and chemistry's hot and all that stuff, and he's interfering with, with you meeting a real man. Um, I agree. So I, what I would do is I would work on your mom and dad's stuff, and I would really focus on that, and I would not try and date right now because I think it's going to distract you and slow your progress down greatly. So, you know, you don't have to follow my advice, but my advice would be don't try and date right now. Focus on healing the abusive and controlling behavior with your mom and the on-again, off-again stuff with your dad until your attraction to this reference guy, this hot bad boy guy, when that goes to zero, go ahead and start dating. Until he's at zero, um, you're probably just going to meet more guys like him um, because that's your your negative attraction pattern is still very active, it sounds like. So that would be my suggestion for you. Uh, oh, you just wrote, oh, no. Um, or you said I'd be more attracted to him if he was a bad boy, really. Well, anyway, the, my, my answer is still the same, is basically uh, I would really encourage you to clear this negative attraction pattern before you try and date because you're going to, you're very likely to get into messy situations until you do. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll do whatever you feel like doing. And, you know, and if you still date, it's fine. You know, it just, it'll just probably slow things down. But if you stick at it, stick with it, you know, you, you can still ultimately heal this stuff. It's just that all the people, I have to say this, all the people that I worked one-on-one with, every single one, 100%, if they were involved with somebody who fit their negative attraction pattern, they progressed a lot slower in our healing work together than the ones who had broken up. Even if they broke up recently and they're still struggling with their attraction to that person, the fact that they were not in, engaged in any way um, allowed us to help them break free of their pattern more fully. Because you see, until you clear your negative attraction pattern, you're going to be reluctant to let go of your attachment to somebody who fits your pattern if you're still engaged with them. Because that attachment is your, par- is your parent attachment. It's not really about the, the adult person. It's about this childhood thing. So it's kind of letting go of the person you're, in, you're involved with, with who fits your negative attraction pattern kind of feels like letting go of your parent, the parent whose love you were dying to, to get and who's, where you're dying to get the, the opposite good thing that, of their negative trait. So if they're critical, you're dying to get their acceptance and appreciation, right? If they're unavailable, you're dying to get their love. Whatever the negative trait was, you were dying to get the opposite of that negative trait. So if you're involved with somebody who has that negative trait, you're going to die to get it with that person. They're they're a stand-in for your parent. So as long as you're involved with somebody like that, it's going to hook you. It's going to hook into your old childhood wound and it's gonna, you're gonna be reluctant to let go of it because you're still trying to, you know, get the opposite negative trait with that person. So you're really, everybody's really better off to fully address a negative attraction pattern before you you go back to dating. It's okay to date while you're still dealing with your fears and limiting beliefs, um, just as long as you understand how it's impacting you. But I really encourage people not to date while they're still you know, very much feeling the negative attraction pattern stuff. All right. So we reached the end of the call. Uh, thank you so much for all of your questions. It's really great. I re- really, I, I'm i really sincere about this. I, I really love having the opportunity to help you guys live on the call. So, um, you know, it's great for the people who listen afterwards. Uh, but if you can be live on the call, it's really wonderful because we get to interact and I can answer these, you know, your questions and ask you questions to clarify things. And you know, I really love helping you guys clear your blocks so you can find the love that you most want. So my the parting words I have for everybody is that you can do it. Many people have done it uh, before you. All you have to do is stick with it. Clear your negative attraction patterns. Clear your fears and limiting beliefs of being with your ideal partner, and you will get there. Lots of people have. You can too. And like I said before, I'm here to support you guys in the live Q&A calls. And if you need one-on-one support to supplement the program, I'm happy to do that as well. Whatever it takes to get you to find and keep the love of your life. All right, talk to you guys in the next call. Bye-bye.